Would you build a house without a foundation? Would you have a child and not name it? Would you let a stranger squat on your property? No, of course not. So why should the Internet be any different? Every week, speak with top domain experts. Learn how to make money with domains. Know your legal rights. Each week, join our expert host to be master of your domain. Right here on Domain Masters. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Domain Masters. This is Monty Khan, your host, and I am back from my vacation. God, I never knew how bad I needed a vacation until I was on one. Uh, I want to thank Victor Pitts for filling in for me while I was gone. I heard he did a great job last week and had a great show. Uh, If you guys missed it, uh, please go to moniker.com or webmasterradio.fm and uh, download the archive and podcast it. Uh, I mean, all podcasted uh, there in the archives. Uh, Tonight, we're going to have a great show. I'm going to have Ron Jackson on, uh, the king of dnjournal.com. And I thought it'd be good just to have Ron on tonight. Uh, Usually I get him on for five to ten minutes here and there, but uh, there's just so much to talk about, about what's going on in the domain industry. He's got a brand-new cover story up about uh, Ari Goldberger, who's one of the lead domain attorneys. Uh, There's a lot of uh, trends going on with... uh, a lot of uh, online advertising money going towards, uh, or a lot of traditional media advertising money moving over to the online side, and uh, Ron has some inter- interesting um, uh, statistics regarding that. And, of course, uh, domain sales have been on fire um, between uh, between all three of the major companies, us, um, Moniker.com and Domain Systems, SeaDo uh, and Afternick are all doing quite well on the domain sales front, and uh, that's just indicative about what's going on in our marketplace. Um, I'm going to also go over, a lot of people are asking both on email and by phone and on the chat about what the rules are and what's going to go on for the next live auction. Uh, if, if those of you who didn't have a chance to catch the live auction in uh, um, that we broadcasted live at Traffic West in Las Vegas, we have another live auction scheduled for October for Traffic East, and it's going to be a, a, a doozy. We're not only going to do a live online auction with a live auctioneer, um, uh, at the at the event, but we're also going to do a silent auction at the event with uh, live kiosks at our booth, and uh, those will be for the second and third tier names that don't make it to the final cut of the live auction, which will be primarily geared for a lot of premier names, and uh, that way people have a chance to buy some of the other names that might be good value, and we'll have a silent auction that'll be an online silent auction, uh, real neat format. So we're in the middle of uh, building that platform right now. So we'll talk a little bit about the rules there and. I'll try and answer any questions you guys post up on the on the chat room and uh, help you out. Um, we're going to take a couple commercial breaks. Uh, actually, take a commercial break, pay some bills, be on with Ron Jackson, and uh, stay tuned. You're just minutes away from more Domain Masters. The question is, are you still master of your domain? Stay tuned. affiliate program to partner with? Hey, all we're trying to do is make the most money in the least amount of time. The answer is simple. JoeBucks.com, the world's leading herbal affiliate program. JoeBucks.com is the direct manufacturer, so there's no middleman. This will allow you to make up to 50% the highest payouts on the net and also get paid twice a month. Sign up today and watch your income grow. JoeBucks.com A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN-accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R.com. More than a name. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types, 
hooker, escort, hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes, one click, great results. Did you know about one out of five visitors are immediately bouncing off your site? Now, monetize this bouncing traffic with StopBounce.com. Log on to StopBounce.com today and discover how easy it is to generate revenue from this previously untapped source. All while enhancing user experience. Earn money for each visitor leaving your site now with StopBounce.com. Turn lost opportunities into found profits. Domain Masters. And you're still master of your domain. Yes. <laughs> master of my domain. Here's your host. Master of my domain. I love that skit. Welcome back to Domain Masters. Uh, my first guest uh, doesn't need much of an introduction because he is probably the media source for our entire industry, uh, Ron Jackson. Ron, welcome on board. Hey, Monty, glad to be on again. I'm glad to hear you got a chance to get away for a little bit of break, and you're back rough and ready to go now. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, uh, I was so uh, I was so wound up between uh, the back injury and then uh, all the pressure at work and uh, taking care of three kids and everything going on, I definitely needed a break, and I was, I was, I was uh, able to decompress. I ate the hell out of uh, crabs in uh, Maryland, and I must have had them four days in a row. I'm surprised you came back. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did miss Florida, and I had to do the show, so uh, I had to come back. People, people need me. That's a fact. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, those of those of the listeners who have not heard your your background, I'd like to reintroduce you a little bit, or have you reintroduce yourself because uh, it's been a while since you've been on as a feature. Actually, it's been over a year. Wow, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, I mean, I've had you on, uh, obviously. Um, it, with five and ten minute spots to just cover the industry uh, very quickly, but I thought it was good to have you on your own show again um, because of everything that's been going on, how your uh, website, dnjournal.com, has grown, and uh, how you've been able to just capitalize on the on all the news in the domain industry and be basically the only source that's reporting sales that's really uh, got the got the um, uh, got your thumb on what's going on in the industry and. Thought it'd be a good idea to just uh, give a quick background and a little bit of bio on yourself, and then we can talk about what's going on in the industry. That sounds good. Well, um, I started out as a broadcaster. I uh, went to broadcasting school and, um, when I was a teenager right out of high school and worked in uh, radio for a few years and then moved on to television and was a television reporter for uh, 18 years in Florida uh, over in the Tampa Bay area across the state from you. And um, finally, I, uh, after doing that for a long period of time, I always had a, an itch to do a business of my own. Uh, I think at heart I've always been uh, very entrepreneurial. And I doubt that as much fun as it was, I would have stayed in broadcasting if it weren't for the fact that uh, they gave me a lot of room to do what I wanted to do. Uh, we were, I was what was called like an enterprise reporter, which meant that you were kind of given your head to go out and do whatever stories you wanted, and the only feedback you got was that, hey, that was a good story, or, hey, you know, uh, maybe you could do this next time or whatever, but you were pretty much on your own, and that suited me just fine. But uh, after doing that, and for so long, I just really wanted to do my own business, and I, I had started in radio as a DJ, so I opened a, a music store. Uh, this happened in the uh, late 80s, and we had that for 12 years and really hit that at just the right time when people were replacing their vinyl collections with compact discs. So we would have people come in the store, and rather than just buy, like, one album, they would buy whole stacks of discs. So it was just phenomenal to be in the right place at the right time. And, and that's where I was first introduced to domains. We had a, a major mail-order business. In fact, we're one of the biggest uh, mail-order dealers in the world in the field of music collectibles. And we had used national magazine ads to 
uh, sell our merchandise, and that was a very expensive proposition, of course. And, right. And, and you were also very limited in what you could do because you couldn't afford to run color photographs. Uh, really, you couldn't afford to run photographs of any kind, so the ads pretty much consisted of just typewritten lines of what the merchandise was, and if you went too long, it just ran into an incredible bill. So the web comes along in the mid-'90s, and um, I got wind of that and registered a domain name, musicparadise.com, was, uh, which was matched to our business name, was the first one that I had in 1997. And that really revolutionized our business. Uh, we were all of a sudden had worldwide reach. We had no limits on how long our advertisements could be. We could put full-color photographs of all of our merchandise on. And it was just phenomenal. So we, that we saw a boost in our business immediately. And as more people came online, that just grew and grew. And it reduced our advertising costs by about 80%. So, you know, it was just phenomenal. The only, only regret that I have is that it didn't dawn on me at that time how much power there was within the domain name. I was so focused on the music business and what it was doing you know, for us in music that I wasn't thinking, my goodness, you know, look at the power in this thing. And if, if I'd started looking into domains at that point in time, um, I can't even imagine where I would be now. Right, right. Well, that that goes back even, well, that was 1997, but you know, even when the bust occurred that we talked about a lot, uh, the last standing assets for many of the companies. For a matter of fact, for most of the online businesses back then that went out of business, like eToys, Gardening, uh, or Garden dot com, Mortgage dot com, um, the last standing asset that had any value was that domain name. That's right. As a matter of fact, uh, to, to, just to be candid on the air, that's what kept us in business during the bust, when when all the all the cards were falling and the, the dot-com boom and bust happened and, you know, dot-com names were like, who's going to go buy them now? Even though it wasn't a dot-com name issue, it was more of an uh, online business issue and how people raised funds and didn't have legitimate business behind, what they, uh, behind their business ideas. Um, that's what kept us in business was helping those companies that were in bankruptcy sell their last standing assets. <laughs> right. And, you know, the interesting thing is that I had a bust in my future as well. I didn't realize it in 97 that that could even happen. In fact, the conventional wisdom in the music business was that it was a recession-proof business. Historically, people kept buying music whether the economy was up or down. But, but there was a sea change that was much more drastic than normal uh, changes in business. And that, of course, was the arrival of the Internet and downloading of music files and coupled with the fact that uh, CD burners came along where kids could come in our store, for example, and buy one CD and burn 20 copies for all their friends. So when that, the, that technological change occurred, our sales just plummeted, and, and it was repeated across independent music stores all across America. I know in the year 2000, when we finally closed our brick-and-mortar stores, uh, we were one of about 3,000 independent stores that closed nationwide. And actually, the music retail business has been on the ropes ever since then. So when we closed and I was looking for something else to do, really didn't have anything in mind. I'm just kind of like, you know, casting around, what do I want to do next? One thing that stuck in my mind was how successful that website had been for us. In fact, we did continue for a couple uh, couple more years as an online business only, but music was the wrong product at that point in time unless you were selling downloads. And, that you know, you got in that whole issue. You had to be licensed and that sort of thing, which as a small player we couldn't do. So in the spring of 2002, I picked up uh, a computer magazine. I'd always been a, a computer buff, and there was an ad in there that Newstar had put in, the .us registry, about .us opening up to American citizens to, to register. Previously, of course, it had been reserved for the government. And I thought, you know, um, Music Paradise performed so well with us, and I had looked for other names at that time. And even in 97, I realized it was difficult to get really good terms so I thought, there's probably some cool new names out there, and I started poking around. And, and in fact, at that time, I came in one month after the public rollout of .us, and there was still some, some decent stuff around. And I started kind of registering them, and, and that's how I stumbled into this business. And I joined the forums and, and learned and made a lot of mistakes early on, like most people do, and registered the wrong kinds of names and went like five months before I ever sold one, before I finally got a grasp on the kinds of names that buyers were actually looking for. Now, now what was your, what was the first name that you that you ever sold, and when was it? Well, actually, the first uh, sale was not a single name. It was a package of names. I, I, as I said, I'd gone like five months with no sales, and um, 
finally, I had put a list up, uh, I think it was at DN Forum, of about uh, maybe 15 or 20 names that were for, for sale. And one of the members there, who's still very active, Dan Steger, people know him as Stock Doctor, had uh, contacted me and said, hey, I'll buy the whole lot. And it, I mean, this was, there was you know, no money involved, but I was just so happy to sell anything. So that first sale, there were about uh, 10 or 15 domains and a very small amount of money, but um, I, I was just really happy to get a few dollars in. And at the, after that point, when I figured out what you needed to buy, and I've written columns about the, the kind of things to look for, I went from zero sales in, in five months to today I've had more than 1,800 sales since that point in time. It just totally turned things around. So there's definitely a learning curve, but, but when you um, grasp what it is that buyers are looking for, you know, it's, uh, it's just a fantastic business. Yeah, it certainly is. And speaking of the business, um, um, your your website has really taken off uh, since. I mean, when, when did you start Dan Journal? We we went online on uh, New Year's Day of two thousand three. So we're about three and a half years old now, and we really it really has exploded in the past um, year. And and of course that just coincides with uh, the general interest in the industry exploding over that same time frame, particularly with the attention that the business is getting now from all of the mainstream media outlets. And when, uh, the Washington, when the Wall Street Journal and USA Today and, and Business 2.0 and all these people started writing about domains, something they do about every week now, uh, they came to us, fortunately, because we ranked like number one in Google on domain news or people would refer them to us when uh, they would contact them to follow a particular storyline. So we became like the uh, first source that they came to inside the industry to get background. So uh, we were featured in all those articles, and that's driven our traffic up. And it's also, of course, pulled in a lot of advertisers at the same time. In fact, we've been in a situation for months now where all of our above-the-fold ads have been sold out, and we have you know a waiting list because we just know where to put people. Right, right. And, you know, there was other news sites that covered the domain industry, but they kind of just kind of spun out. Wasn't there domain name news? Um well, actually, there, there have been a lot of them, and that's that's a common misconception that, that I hear a lot. Uh, people think that DN Journal is the only one or was the only one. There were actually many before us. There was, um, I think it was called iGoldRush was out there, Demi's, right, right. Domain, uh, Demi's Domain News I used to see, um, really quite a few before us, and, and there's still plenty around today. But I think what happened is we were able to separate ourselves from the pack so convincingly that a lot of people think we're the only ones. And the reason I believe that that happened is because I was a professional journalist my whole life. That's I came out of that. So I had, I, I think, an innate feel for the kind of stories that I knew people would want to read. My goal when I write a story, like the current cover story on Ari Goldberger, is to tell a story, uh, an entrepreneurial story that anyone can identify with. I wouldn't. I, I, I don't believe that it makes any difference if you even care about domains with a lot of our stories, that you can start reading it and be drawn into that person's personal story, and you can you know draw parallels. Well, oh, I see how this guy succeeded in business and what he did. So I try to put things in there that anyone can take away positive things from it. So I think our writing separated us from, from the crowd and, and it's continued to be the thing that... Um, you know, has, has set us apart. And, and I think the other thing that's equally important in that is that I initially started as a domainer before a reporter. So it was a field that I then and still today operate in as a businessman. So I have a really uh, good understanding and grasp of the whole of the whole field, so it's much easier for me to write about. You could bring a professional reporter into this space, and you, see, I mean, you see the current professional reporters at major outlets trying to cover this space, and how wrong. Oh yeah, they're they're tripping they over constantly their constantly get it wrong. They're tripping over their uh, their puds when they try to write these stories. Uh, you know, they just don't have an understanding. Yeah, of the they space. don't have an understanding. You can tell when they, you know, with the guys from Forbes and uh, um, Business Two Point they're just. They're just like kind of, they're very abstract and, uh, you know, try to make sure that all the different uh, 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 opinions are covered, but they really miss a, the points lots of times. But exactly. they're coming so around. You know, the, good news is, the good news is a lot, of the tr the, a lot of the big traditional media is now starting to cover our space more and more, and it just pumps, I think it just pumps your side up even more when that happens because um, you're the online domain news uh, 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 media outlet, and they always come to you anyway to find out what the scoop is. 
and it's a case of a rising tide lifting all boats. Everyone in the industry, I think, is doing well. So I, I just feel so fortunate because I stumbled into this field and I saw all the fascinating stories that were inside the field. That's really what piqued my interest initially when I came into it. We, we didn't start the magazine. I'd been in, in business for about eight months before the idea of doing the magazine came along. And the reason for doing it was that as I was meeting these people and, and hearing their stories, there were so many entrepreneurs in this space. Almost every single domainer is, you know, an entrepreneur and they, they have such fascinating stories. I said, someone should be telling these people's stories because it's, again, it's the sort of thing I felt like anyone would want to read whether they were in the business or not. So that's why I started doing it. And it's still, to me, the number one attraction in this whole business is the people who are in it. I love being around this kind of people who, who take things and, and make something out of nothing like, like Ari did. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I approach the, the radio show almost the same way where we I think it's important for people to hear their stories. Everybody needs to hear how people got started in the business and what they are doing to make themselves successful and why they're believers in, in the industry that we're in because um, people learn from that. Um, and there's always a new point. There's always something in one of your stories, one of the interviews that we do um, that uh, people can learn from and say, hey, I, you know, I should be applying that business practice to what I'm doing. And then, you know, bingo, it helps increase the uh, um, you know, the chances for success. And one of, one of the things I like about the kind of people that we have in this business is, and it's, and it's a key tenet of a successful entrepreneur, is the persistence that they have. They can fail in, in maybe multiple endeavors, but they learn from those failures as they go along and, um, you know, become a better businessman. So, so many people get discouraged. I know a lot of people come into this business and, and they don't do well at it. They don't grasp it or, or re- do enough research and learn how to do it. And they, they think, oh, this is impossible, and they leave the business. But you can learn from your failures, and that's one thing that a lot of these stories, um, you know, impart to people. These people, they get knocked down. They just get back up again and keep trying. And a lot of the people who've had the greatest success, not just in, in our business, but business in general, are people even people who've had multiple bankruptcies. Have Some of them have turned out to be billionaires. So, you know, it's, um, it's just that personality that, um, that I just love. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, so right now, um, um, there's so much going on in the business. Um, let's start off uh, by talking about some of the domain sales, and then we'll take a short break and then um, cover some of the trends that we're starting to see, which is um, some real moves from traditional media. And, and the good news is you have a good background and a good education about what traditional media is because you've been in it, and what's really going on with online media and how things are moving over and why our industry is getting even more valuable and more important. Now, that's a very exciting topic because that movement of ad dollars from online media like newspapers and, and over-the-air radio and, and even television now is bleeding dollars to online. But it's that movement of money to our space that's driving the values upward um, in domain names. Maybe let's talk a second about that before we go on to specific sales because it's... it's well, actually, um, let's, just talk, let's just talk about it. Let's just talk yeah. about the, uh, the move from traditional media onto the online media and what's going on now. Well, it's you know they we we I guess we've finally just reached a critical mass. Back when the bubble happened before, I mean th- those values got so high because people, uh, particularly the early pioneers, did see this coming. They just were a little ahead of themselves, and then you know everyone rushed in with a lot of bad business plans. But what was originally seen in the late '90s is coming to fruition now because you've got uh, this enormous number of users flooding online, and of course the advertisers are going to follow. The, the users and there's so so many advantages of online advertising because you can uh, you can track the exact response that you're getting to your advertisements. When I was a, a, a retailer, we would take ads in uh, music magazines, and um, you know I never knew if they were doing any good or not. If they were like just a generic ad for our store, I did know when we were doing those kind of uh, ads with lists of product, you would know from sales how well they were doing. But other kinds, the kind of advertising that most stores do is just your store name and a logo or whatever, and you never knew who was coming through the door if they came through for the reason of the ad or just were walking by or whatever. So you have that great trackability. I was just reading a story right before we came on the air that was really interesting to me, and that is that 
in offices now in America, the number the, the medium with the number one reach is now the internet, which has surpassed radio. And those who are listening to radio at work are generally listening to online radio instead of over the air radio. And that's really one of the really critical movements because advertisers have always coveted that ability to reach consumers where they work, and they've never really been able to get in there and get them. But now people can actually be exposed to that without disrupting their work routine because a lot of times there's no sound or if, if the business allows sound, they can be listening. Again, that can be an Internet source that's bringing it uh, uh, there. So that's bringing a ton of ad money in for that reason as well. And we've just seen one item uh, after another, uh, different statistics that have been coming out. Um, I'm going I'm to bring up our lowdown section because we put, um, put a lot of these items up there in the last few weeks with the exact statistics. Well, here's one, for example. Um, it's about the migration of ad dollars from old media outlets, especially newspapers, to the web. Um, it said the only silver lining for the newspapers is that online newspaper advertising uh, rose. Their, their print publications are losing advertisers, losing classified ads, losing subscribers, but they're starting to make some money online. Whether that will happen quickly enough for them to save them remains to be seen. But the uh, volume of dollars moving over uh, online is just, uh, is, it just knocks your socks off. And that's one thing that when, when we go back to media coverage of this industry that uh, a lot of outlets don't understand is that Land, you know, we get so much criticism for landing pages, terms like cyber squatters used uh, inappropriately. They don't understand there's just another advertising channel, just like newspaper, radio, TV is. There was an incident that happened yesterday. I don't know if you, if you had read about this at, at the Targeted Traffic Forum, but Business 2.0 Magazine has a blog, and this writer, uh, I think his name was Eric Schoenfeld, wrote a, uh, a blog entry headline, The New Cyber Squatters. And he's talking about domain investors who simply uh, monetize their assets by using uh, pay-per-click, and he's saying there's something wrong with this, and misusing the term cyber squatters, which relates to infringing only on trademarks. So he, he was just blasted unmercifully. There must have been 20 or 30 posts on his blog, um, you know, pointing out how misinformed he was, that it's, you know, that this is a legitimate ad channel like any other ad channel. Uh, it's such an offensive word to call a domain investor a cyber squatter. To me, it's no different than using the N-word and talking about a black person. It's just totally inappropriate, and it's, and it's offensive and not uh, relevant at all to what the person is doing. So Which, uh, I was, I was really like, happy like to that, see that. Uh, just like that word, it, it shows ignorance for people that really are not educated about what's going on. Uh, you know, obviously, um, that assimilation is pretty. Uh, that's pretty accurate because um, people are now throwing around the word cyber squatter right and left and not even knowing what that means. You know, right. And this is a. I mean, this is a respected business publication. For him to put that out there, you know, a lot of p other people who don't know any better are going to pick that up and run with it. So it was really great to see Domainers say, you know, enough of this and just go in and call him out on it. Of course, it was his blog, so he was able to stop, you know, the, the flood of criticism that he was getting. Um, I know I heard about it last night. Uh, unfortunately, it was late after we had finished our domain sales column, and I sat down and composed a long post. But by the time I tried to post it, he had closed, off, closed it off so no one else could come in. But the people who did respond were very eloquent in what they had to say. And I think we need to do more of that. We really have to be vigilant and, and not let mainstream reporters get away with continuing to propagate stereotypes that, that don't apply to domain investors. We need to be, we should be treated just the same as any other investor is. Right, right. And, and as a matter of fact, um, uh, for the first time, um, we're going to be, or the domain, up the domain platform is going to be uh, uh, visible at SES, uh, which I've been fighting for two years to to have uh, uh, to have you know the domain and the d direct navigation channel covered at SES uh, as a valuable or viable um, um, search engine strategies uh, uh, topic, and so uh, Danny Sullivan just uh, emailed me the other day, and we're going to have a panel and uh, and, a, and an intro on the value of direct. Um, you know, direct navigation, and there'll be pro and con uh, positions on them. But for the first time, it's going to be introduced at this uh, at the major conference, uh, which now 
now we're on, you know, not only at the domain conferences uh, covering this topic, but also Webmaster World introduced this about a year and a half ago themselves. So they were one step ahead of the curve. So I think what we'll see is uh, as more and more people get educated and then find out the true value of direct navigation and these type in domain names and how valuable they really are to the advertiser, which is now about between 10 and 15% of all search revenue generated uh, on the web is the result of natural type in traffic. And it's growing uh, by about 15 to 20% per year. So that gives you some aggressive numbers about how fast the, do- the, the domain name, the online type in domain name traffic is growing and valuable to advertisers. Uh, I think we'll see a quick turnaround on that. No, there's no doubt about it. And look at the people who are putting their money into the business now. You've got Howard Schultz, who's the uh, founder of the Starbucks chain, Ross Perot, the Jacobson family in New York are all big investors in iRead. I mean, these are you know major captains of business in America. And then you've got reporters out there throwing a word like cyber squatter around and applying them to people like this. It's just ridiculous. So they, they just end up making themselves look silly by saying that. I have a feeling that after the way Eric got blasted with his post that he won't be using that term in that way again, unless it is definitely you know related to trademarks. But you know it, it is an educational process, and again, you know the mainstream reporters have a hard time getting their arms arms around it. But um, you know it's going to be a step by step process. But I think we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, the good news is is that uh, more and more advertising dollars are going towards online advertising, and you're you're so right about the uh, the trend um, moving towards. Um, Online radio or internet radio, and that's the, that's one of the reasons why the folks at Webmaster Radio dot uh, uh, FM have done such a great job is they they've really taken advantage of that movement and put on some really great content shows, not only with domain masters, but you know shows that have the top experts in the entire industry, both for search engine search engine optimization and uh, online marketing and um, um, affiliate uh, um, uh, conversion and, uh, and of course, domain success and all these things that help someone be successful when they bring their business online. Um, these types of shows, these types of networks, these types of um, online media are so valuable because you can take it everywhere you go. You know, you can pod, you know, download it to your iPod, to your MP3 player. You can listen to it on the airplane. You can plug it into your car stereo. Um, you know, it's just very cool, you know, and it's just the beginning. And they have an instant global reach, which is what blows me away, because I came up in radio, and the first radio station I worked at when I was a teenager was a little 500-watt AM station in a little town in Ohio. When you drove out of the parking lot, you lost the signal. <laughs> you know, so they, their power went out about 100 yards. And now with the Internet, any, any radio operation can reach a global audience. And so if they put out a quality product, it's a much more powerful and valuable franchise to me than, than any local radio station operation. Operation is so they're, they're in the right place at the right time, and it's only going to become more and more important. Yeah, definitely. Hey, let's uh, let's take a um, little bit. Let's take a commercial break, and let's come on and uh, cover a couple other the big uh, stories and the big news. Um, uh, what I'd really like is your perspective on the uh, uh, demand um, the demand media deal with uh, Enom, and see what you know about that. And then we'll talk about some of the domain sales before we wrap up. Okay, sounds good. Okay, uh, stay tuned. We're going to take a commercial break. Be right back on with Ron Jackson from DN Journal. You're just minutes away from more Domain Masters. The question is, are you still master of your domain? Stay tuned. It's all about links, baby. Content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time. Work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. 
baby. TextLinkAds.com. For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Google AdSense. How do I earn from thee? Let me count the ways. Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night. It was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com slash AdSense now. It's no secret. Linking with relevant sites is a dynamic way to enhance site traffic. Avoid using unethical practices to promote your website. Obtain quality, relevant links with linksmanager.com. Since 1999, linksmanager.com has been the leading choice for managing link campaigns by thousands of websites. Editor-based link management software makes relevant link exchange ethical, fast, and easy. No software to install. Free unlimited support. Try linksmanager.com free for 30 days. Accept no limitations. Domain Masters. So you're still master of your domain. Yes! (laughs) Master of my domain. Here's your host. Master of my domain. Ron, you're the master of your domain, aren't you? Uh, More or less. I don't know. My wife wife has a lot of say in things, though. (laughs) I know. I know. They they certainly are uh, co-masters, I guess, of of our domains. (laughs) So let's uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, some of the other news that recently happened that we didn't really get to, to cover in the past. Uh, the demand media um, movement onto uh, into our space and the folks behind that um, that was introduced or just just the word was let out and of course they were te- uh, a couple of the guys there attended the last traffic conference at uh, in Vegas. Um, what's the what's the latest on them? Have you heard any um, any uh, news or rumblings about uh, their actions or acquisitions or what's going on with them? Well, I haven't heard a lot more since the the initial deal. And, and what we're talking about, of course, is Richard Rosenblatt, who was one of the founders of MySpace.com, probably the most successful uh, social networking site. Um, bought Enom and and um, got some other, uh, which one of the big registrars, and uh, put together uh, tens of millions of dollars of investment money to buy domain assets. Uh, to me, what the, the thing that the message I took from that is, is here's a guy that uh, made all of that money from selling MySpace, so he's sitting on this pile of cash. So now he's sitting there and thinking, what am I going to do with this? And the fact that he decided to put you know, a huge chunk of that money into the domain space tells you something. I mean, there's a lot of places you can invest your money, and he did. And this is a pretty knowledgeable guy, and he didn't see anywhere that he thought was better to put that kind of money than than into the domain space. So, you know, they they came in and got the registrar, and I'm sure they got a lot. Uh, they're you know talking to people about buying portfolios. They're, they're a little bit late into the game. You've got Internet Read out there that's just going wild uh, with all of the money they have behind them. Uh, with yeah, they Starbucks just took out and, uh, Netster, by the way. Um, yeah. For those of uh, those of you who knew what Netster was, but they took out Netster. It was private information at the conference, but uh, later came out. We kind of right. know about it since all their names are here, but. Uh, and you've got Internet Real Estate, which sounds like IREIT, but that's a different group in Boston. Andrew Miller and Mike Zappelin's group have also had a head start. 
part. But, uh, I mean, Rosenblatt's group's really well-financed, and uh, they bring a lot more money into the space, and uh, it's all part of this ongoing consolidation we're seeing now where, where these major players are in a rush to, you know, to roll it up because there will only be so many survivors at, at the end. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting to play out, but I haven't heard a lot since they did the original deal other than that they are here now, so I haven't heard much more about what they're doing. But there's no doubt that they're going to be a really important player. Yeah, definitely. Uh, who else is on the on the news front? Well, in news, um, I think probably the biggest news in the past week the, that we were following was the hearing on um, you know, the congressional hearing and into the ICANN Verisign agreement, uh, which took. You up, know, what's uh, so ironic is uh, Champ Mitchell, who's the who's the CEO of Verisign, <laughs> who who still owned by uh, they still have a fifteen percent stake in that mm-hmm. registrar. Mm-hmm. Um, standing up against the the agreement, um, it's very bizarre to me. Uh, I, that, I I took the exact same thing from that when when I was reading about the testimony that was given that day that that Network Solutions uh, CEO kind of turned on Verisign there and 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 really in, in very strong language. Uh, we had the exact quotes in the lowdown, something to do about uh, you know being unconscionable or something like that. But I mean, he really blasted them. And like you said, it's uh, I mean they up until 2003, Verisign owned them. But it's just uh, that's just one example of the uh, depth of um, feeling against approval of that agreement because everyone who holds domain names, it's, it's going to cost them a ton of money in the years ahead. And it's really not right because it's I mean, it's, it's a monopoly situation. If everyone has agreed that if it's put out for bids, there are other registries that have said they'll operate it in lower costs. So why should you have to accept higher costs? And these are not like fly-by-night um, Registries. These are you know people with proven technology, yeah, like, like Affiliates, who's just exactly. doing. A, I think Affiliates is just doing a kick-ass job of yeah. uh, of running a registry. By the way, they're they're offering uh, good discounts to to their registrars, which are us, and we're offering those discounts to our customers. They're finding a way to manage all the new. Uh, 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 extensions that are coming out. They're taking care of the .mobi launch and uh, doing just a great job. That that registry has definitely proven itself as yeah. as being a solid foundation and a good example. Uh, I'd love to see them take over .com or .net or both or whatever in the future. Yeah. Of course, they already run .org and they run .info. They're, they're great technologically. So, you know, this is America. Open the thing up to competition. Um, that's how, you know, consumers benefit from it. But I just, you know, I see no merit to uh, this thing getting approved at all. I'm glad that Congress is looking into it, and now the the um, the task is going to be to convince the Department of Justice to to not approve it. Uh, right now, the the way the congressional hearing ended was that the congressman it was a House panel, so they will take written submissions with you know comment from other people. And of course, you've got the Verisign side trying to stack that with their people. But fortunately, there's an right. organization, CFIT at cfit.info, that's you know working on the other side. So um, there's you know it's still a glimmer of hope. Hope that that thing can be stopped. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. We sent uh, in our letters to uh, our congressmen and uh, our House representatives as well, and uh, against the against the uh, price hike. And those things do work. They, uh, I used to think they never re- read the the uh, the documents, but uh, the lobbyist uh, who's in charge of collating um, all these documents uh, for um, for us has all uh, assured us that they are on top of it, and uh, they're openly speaking out against uh, uh, what uh, what they're trying to do. Right. I guess the other thing news-wise that we haven't talked about are some of the, the most recent sales, and there have been some significant ones. Just this week, um, the top sale that was reported was Malta.com at $250,000, and that ranks among the 12 biggest sales of the year. And the second biggest uh, geo domain this year, Macau.com, was the largest at 550000 And in addition to that sale, we saw the largest .info sale ever this week, which was Casino.com. Casino.info, you mean? Uh, I'm here. And isn't that a perfect example? A natural slip, and you're already saying yeah. .com again. And it's also, <laughs> you know, people still type it in. That's why .com has, uh, you know, got a, uh, this fantastic lead. But, you know, at the, at the same time, and, we've, and I've talked about this before, the very success of .com is bleeding over and responsible for a lot of the success of these new extensions. And it's the reason why you can see new records in .info, because the, the 
dot-coms are so sought after and have become such a premium brand that it has priced a lot of the smaller players out. So by necessity, they're turning to some of these options. Uh, Casino.com, or .info, rather, I did it again, sold this week for $35,127. And interestingly, that's the second time that name sold, uh, almost uh, exactly two years ago at the end of May in 2004, it had sold for twenty thousand eight ninety nine. So you had a fourteen that the owner at that time had a fourteen thousand dollar increase in his investment in two years, about a sixty percent increase, which isn't isn't a bad ROI. No, not at all. Not at all. Another thing that we saw this week um, is the uh, how the dot, well the dot EU is doing. A lot of people wondered if there would be an aftermarket for that. And um, we have uh, 16 names on our country code chart this week, and five of those were .EUs, which was more than anything else except .DE, which also had five. And they're decent prices. I mean, you know, this thing just came out of the gate, and here it is already selling. you got three and $4,000 sales all over the place. And um, and we're seeing that in um, country codes, new extensions. Uh, I'm amazed looking, of course, I look at the wholesale uh, pricing more because I'm out there still trying to buy uh, keyword names. And uh, it's amazing to see where the wholesale prices have gone, even in the new TLDs in just the past year. One year ago uh, in .US, there were hundreds of three-letter uh, combinations that dropped and really premium ones and people scooped up scooped those up with like desktop scripts or even hand registrations at seven dollars each now here we are one year later and i would say the average on those when they come on the market is 150 dollars better combinations will go two and three hundred dollars and a lot of these are things people picked up i mean you're we're talking small dollars in dot-com terms but if you're looking at roi dollars you know you have about 30 times your investment in a 12-month period. It's just oh, no, it's huge. And, and I, I, I remind people to, co- to start looking at these investments, at these domain purchases, the same way that they do in other, uh, in other investments. And look at your current investments out there with real estate and uh, CDs for banks and the, and, your, and the stock market, which is just a, um, you know, a roller coaster right now. And if you can get a 20% return right. on your domain purchase, and it seems kind of silly that you buy a domain name for $10 and you can turn around and sell it for 12 and that's a, that's a 20% return and how small that is. We, people don't look at that in the same way for some reason, but that's really the way that people need to look at those returns. If you can turn around and generate 20 bucks a year on your $10 investment or $5 a year uh, in addition to what it costs you to register, those are good buys. That means you've paid for your registration for the year and made 5 bucks. You've made 50% on your money. Oh, there's no doubt about it. And I've seen a, a big shift in opinion. Uh, we're seeing some really major players now that are coming out and saying that the return on investment can be better uh, in some of the new TLDs, perhaps, than .com. And that's not taking any way, anything away at all from .com. It's just saying that .com has gotten really expensive, so it's harder to find a good buy there. Mark Ostrowski, who's the president at IREIT uh, at the podium in Seattle, said that he thought the ROI on the same dollar amount in .info would return more than the same dollar amount invested in .com. For example, if you got $5,000, he thinks you would make more buying keywords in .info with your five grand than trying to put 5000 in .coms because what is $5,000 going to buy you in the .com space? So it is one of those areas where the little guy can still play and make himself a really nice return on his investment. Right, right. I, and, and I agree with that. And, and there's a couple of reasons for that. If, if you were looking at a market where um, the buyers and sellers were stagnant, um, I probably wouldn't agree as much. But because so many people are getting online every week mm-hmm. and there's a need for new identities and new addresses uh, every single day and the, and the demand or the supply is decreasing in the .com, .net, .org space, it's only natural that these other extensions will take shape and, uh, and increase in value. And uh, one, one extension I'm particularly excited about, um, which not a lot of people still are you know, on board with or don't understand, is this .mobi. I think it's very cool um, the way that they're positioning it, and I think it is going to be very successful, and uh, we're a big supporter of it, and, uh, and uh, I, think, I think that application is just going to dominate online uh, or the, uh, uh, the handheld uh, phone and PDA market uh, for looking and viewing uh, websites. And, of course, that's a gigantic space because there are many, many more 
handheld devices, particularly when you count in cell phones, than there are computers. I think, it, what, what is the ratio? It's either four or eight. I was going to say four was the first number that popped yeah, I think in it's my four. mind. Yeah, for, for every computer, there's four handheld devices right. that people own. Right. Right. And it, and it looks like it may follow a parallel to .eu. I, I just noticed in one of the forums the first grumblings about false trademarks being apply, uh, applied for to claim generic names in .mobi. And um, so that, that shows you there's a lot of speculator interest already at this point in time. And, of course, there were a lot of people who felt that that uh, happened, like, to, a, to the nth degree in .eu, that a lot of these names were taken. That shouldn't have been, and whether, however you feel about that, it shows you know there's a lot of people who believe that those are going to be worth having. They're going to an awful lot of trouble to try to position themselves to get a hold of the names. Yeah, definitely. And, and we're in phase two of trademark uh, filing for .mobi. Uh, we're having a pretty successful run on it. We have uh, you know thousands of names that have been registered already through uh, through our online uh, application, and we're going to be opening up for pre-registration of Landrush. Uh, I think in just about a week or two. Um, so people can start registering uh, their or pre-registering uh, their chance to get a .mobi name at Landrush, which which will be August 19th, I believe. Uh, but we're going to open it up early because we do see the demand uh, uh, piping up. It, it makes a lot of sense, and, and it's something else. It relates to something else I saw today. You know, newspapers are desperate to find some way to keep their readers, and I read that some of them are rolling out a new handheld device to read the newspaper on. Uh, this was actually attempted with e-books, and it failed because the device was too expensive and there wasn't enough content to download. But the commentators that were writing about the, this new thing that the newspapers were going to do felt that it was doomed to fail because they felt everything was going to converge around the cell phone. People are not going to want to drag around three or four different devices. So they're going to want that cell phone. They can read their paper on it, surf the Internet, make their calls, take photographs. So having one extension that is married to that handheld device is you know, just great common sense. Yeah, definitely. What, uh, what else on the domain sales front? Um... Well, we had, uh, you know, the thing that I guess that's striking me more than anything is here we are in the second week of June. We're supposed to be in the summer doldrums, and it's just not happening. It didn't happen last summer either. I mean, things are just booming to the extent that even with so many people gone off on vacations now and kids out of school that the buyers are still in the market every week. We had a lot of really healthy sales this week. You, you guys had the second and third strongest sales on our charts. So you had fireplacemantles.com at $76,000. Pasadena real estate. Some people commented on they thought forty-four thousand was a lot of money for that. I don't think it is. By the way, Pasadena, California, is a very, very upscale area in Los Angeles. That wouldn't even buy you a screen porch on one house in Pasadena. Yeah, so, yeah. That's, so that, uh, was, that, that actually really is. Uh, that's where Ideal Lab is uh, is uh, based. Is in Pasadena. Right. And of course, Rose Bowl. <laughs> yeah, and Yahoo Search Marketing is in Pasadena. So I didn't see anything wrong with that deal at all. I thought one of the best buys of the week um, at CETO was Tie.com, T-I-E.com. I mean, it's a great product, easy to ship um, at low cost. And, and, that, and look how every man in America who has to work, a lot of domainers don't have to because we can work at home. But a lot of, you know, look how many men in America, um, you know, have to buy ties and go to work. That domain went for $30,000. I thought that was really a great deal. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's definitely... Uh, and I mean, we're talking about a three-letter domain. That's a real word. Those are really rare. So, there's, so you know, even though the, the prices have gone really high and continue to escalate every year, if you really hunt around, you'll also, okay, you know, you'll still see some bargains, bargains on the list here and there, too. Yeah, and we had, a, of course, uh, like every week, we can't report a lot of the sales that we make, but uh, we had a particularly high uh, week of portfolios that went, uh, uh, which I wasn't able to report, but... Uh, um, what's in the uh, process, which I'll be able to report next week, is a big .cc portfolio purchase. That's interesting. Um, yeah, uh, and uh, that surprised me. But they're you know they're pretty good .cc um, uh, extensions. They're like two letter .cc names. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a pretty interesting purchase, and for a decent amount of money. And um, um, also um, looking at all kinds of creative uh, uh, financing transactions that are going on and uh, sold another large uh, adult portfolio. So lots of things are happening in the space still that, uh, that are making us um – uh, making the industry rock, that's for I sure. I don't know if you can say this or not, but are these portfolio sales that you're making being made to these uh, companies that are well-financed and have a lot to invest, or are those individuals who are buying whole portfolios? Um, right now, they're individuals uh, buying whole portfolios, um, but I'm seeing some interesting things going on um, with um, 
um, there's there's some extra middlemen getting involved in a lot of the negotiations and processing of these transactions, kind of poking up buyers and sellers besides us, and they're getting paid instead of in cash. They're taking part of the domain inventory, so they're actually valuing the domain inventory over cash in some cases. Uh, when they're doing the transactions, which is also a very good sign for our industry, because when you're taking, uh, you know, an investment, it's like taking stock in the market that you're selling stuff in um, uh, for future value. Um, and I'm starting to see a lot of creative deals that way, where people are taking a piece of the inventory or taking a piece of the pie in in a in a domain uh, ownership transaction, like this. Uh, one of the portfolio sales that just that we just did was a 56 the three letter domain portfolio deal. Uh, the deal was that the the guy that put the deal together. Um, between us and the and the buyer and the seller, uh, took five of the fifty six names. That's Pretty interesting. That's yeah, that's very smart. I think. Yep. Yep. Definitely. I think another. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe I shouldn't insert anything here because I, you, you're watching the clock there. So let me let you um, let us know. Well, I just wanted. To, well, you know, it was a good wrap up of, of the domain sales. Um, um, we're we're going to go a little bit longer, but um, there's been a lot of questions. That, well, first of all, you know, you've you've had the pleasure of reporting on and uh, accurately covering on, um, you know, two very successful live domain auctions thus far, and uh, of course, uh, we are going to be uh, having our third live domain auction at Traffic East, and we're pretty pumped up about it. Um, and we're also going to be doing a silent auction at Traffic East uh, at the same time, um, so that uh, there's going to be a lot of domain names that are going to be uh, definitely trading. We uh, we sold $2.2, $2.1 million worth of domain names in the last traffic auction in Traffic West. There was 58 transactions completed out of 162 names uh, uh, up for bid after it was finally cut down. People can see how successful that was because our charts were dominated with those names for about three or four weeks as they closed. You know, you had your high bids in, and then depending on the financial structure and paperwork that had to be done, maybe six to eight of them would complete each week. And there were phenomenal names that, um, you know, because they were dispersed over a month's time, it might have lost some of the impact in realizing that those all sold in one place in about two or three hours. Yeah, and yeah. I well, had that a front was, row seat the there, great, and it was awesome, too. That was the great thing is that those trans, you know, two point one million dollars worth of domains transferred hands you know basically you know did did a deal in three hours you know with a live auctioneer and for the first time and i don't claim this for the for the first time in our first auction because um it was a limited audience, but I do believe in this last auction that we did for the first time we did have a market sitting in the room, in other words, the market is where values are probably set and and fair prices paid for the names that were being sold because there was enough players in the room that can determine a market value and then bid across the room. In the first, in the first auction we did, um, although it, w- it was also a market, um, there was one-third the audience uh, to, de- to determine value. So some prices might have been high, some prices may have been too low, we don't know. But in this auction, I'm confident that proper market prices were paid um, for uh, the majority, if not all the names that actually went up for sale. Yeah, I think that's true. And it was such an exciting event. I was sitting in the front row, and, and my wife was with me, and we knew this was going to run about three hours. And, and she said, you know, I'm going to leave in about 15 or 20 minutes. I just want to get a, you know, kind of see what this is all about. And, you know, she's not a domain person. But if you're and you were there live in person as these things were being sold, she ended up staying the whole three hours and just, like, was really into it, watching the action. I know there was some criticism. Well, you didn't know this, Ron, but I had her handcuffed to the, uh, ah, to the chair down below. That explains it. <laughs> I know you had some feedback. I, I used your handcuffs, though. <laughs> uh, let's, let's not go there. <laughs> I'm just kidding you. Um, um, you know, some people listened to that on uh, Webmaster Radio, and, and they thought that it, it sounded disorganized or this or that. But if you were there live <clears throat> and seeing the interplay going on between bidders and the auctioneers, it's it, it, it's really a pretty amazing experience. There really wasn't any downtime, and uh, what sounded disorganized over the radio wasn't nearly um, that kind of a problem. I mean, there, you know, obviously there are glitches in that long uh, thing as you go along, but I thought it, it went really well and really um, has me excited about seeing how this is going to go in October. And we fielded a ton of inquiries, too, that I forwarded on to you uh, of people who 
heard about it, read about it, maybe heard you live or whatever, that want to be involved in October. So I think you're going to have a phenomenal event. Oh, yeah, we're building, uh, well, getting back to the the whole radio broadcast, I listened to the rebroadcast of it. I thought it was fine. Um, um, You know, being there, I mean, having, I coordinated the whole entire event and stuff, obviously stood up there and made sure things flowed along. And, of course, we did have a couple things that happened, a couple mistakes you always do in some of those. When when you're taking 5,000 names, weeding them down to 150 or 160 to auction, um, and then and then trying to get the most uh, value for their for the buyers and the fairest you know most value for the sellers and and best deals for the buyers all at the same time, you do run into some um, some some situations where things didn't go all the way smooth. But I thought it, I thought it went fine, and we learned a lot again from the second event, which will be applied to the third event, which is going to be. You know, one of the main things that we did in the first event um, was we set out a list. You know, at the fir- very first event, we- there was about 900 names submitted in total. Um, and there were some names weeded out of there that, uh, you know, that uh, you know couldn't be put up for whatever reason. And then people were given stickers, and they were asked to put their stickers uh, based off of the popularity of those domain names. And then those were the domain names that ended up in the auction that day. That list got huge, obviously, for the next time because it was so popular the first time around. So then we couldn't do stickers, so we had to go. Everybody submitted their names online, and then people had to download the list online and determine what names they're interested in and then submit those to me via email. And then that was the list that ended up at auction. The piece that was missing was what price range were those domain names in. Even though people expressed interest, some names were in the millions and some names were in the, in the hundreds. Um, and so if people knew a domain name like auction.com was going to sell for $8 million, um, you know, and they expressed interest, then we could expect that someone was um, going to be bidding on a name and probably uh, a capable and able buyer at that particular price. Um, we didn't do that. We didn't let people know what the reserves were uh, prior to the auction. So this time around what we're going to do is we're going to put names in price categories by reserve price. So we're not going to tell people what the reserve price is because that defeats the purpose of having an auction and having the market decide what the value is going to be ultimately. But we'll be able to put names in for one to ten thousand dollars in the reserves, and names between ten thousand and twenty thousand, and fifty thousand and hundred thousand, and so on and so forth. And we'll put names in a category that's over a million. So that way, if somebody's interested in a name over a million dollars, they'll express that interest, and we'll bring that name to auction, and we'll know that there's at least one or two interested parties at that level, and they'll be able to bid and purchase at that level instead of being laughed at when a name like Auction.com, which is worth every bit of eight, uh, you know, eight million dollars comes up for bid, but everybody laughing because the price is so high and no one's going to put out $8 million at an auction like that without knowing. Right. Um, that kind of stuff won't happen again. We'll know right away who's interested at what level, and those names will be up for auction, and then there won't be any surprises and, and laughs when the name you know, uh, is offered at an opening bid at a certain price and then sells for much higher. I want to, instead of laughs, you're going to get like uh, gasps when something sells because you're going to have the people in there who are qualified and already know the price. So you will probably see some very stunning sales at that event. Oh yeah, definitely. We're you know we hit two point one million. Our goal is to you know go to five or more at this event, and uh, it's going to continuously increase. And uh, I did meet with Howard and and Rick, and we're going to do three to four of these events a year, and it's going to help the market immensely. As these things establish and increase in value and sell and transact at these prices, that's what's going to invite the outside investment world into our industry and then just make it that much stronger. And then there'll be, there'll be platforms and new businesses built off of this type of, um, you know, off of these domain names that are being purchased that were never conceived before. Uh, and so that's the real purpose of doing these is that, you know, when investment dollars in the millions of dollars comes into the market in a single day over a three to four hour period, that's good for our business, for everybody that's in our business. You're talking, and and these values are, you know, what the artworks are 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 drawing at Christie's and Sotheby's. So, you know, there's no reason at all that there shouldn't be a domain world counterpart to that. Our assets are already being valued in those kind of ranges. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We're going to have an online platform where people can submit their uh, names for sale and uh, where people can vote on what names they want to buy at. And so it's going to be kind of cool. It's going to all flow online. So we're building that platform right now as, a, as, I'm, as I'm talking. We're sp- uh, have it all spec'd out, and now I'm going to be starting the, uh, the development, and uh, we'll have it ready by, uh, by auction day. I hear in the early buzz, in addition to the auction um, for the traffic show in October, 
that um, Rick is talking about a primary theme being kind of a rebuttal to some of the themes that we saw, for example, at traffic in Las Vegas, where you have a lot of the financial people trying to convince portfolio owners that this is the right time to sell, that values aren't going to get higher, that they should accept, um, you know, five times earnings or whatever. And he's going to flip that around and challenge that notion, which should lead to some interesting fireworks. So I'm really looking forward to October. The auction's going to be awesome, and it sounds to me like we're, you know the stage is being set for um, you know some real drama to unfold there. Oh yeah, definitely, and we're also going to help um, um, the sh- uh, help the conference get some of the top uh, online ad agencies onto uh, onto the campus and onto the show as well. Um, we're right now. Um, I'm personally involved, and, and my partner Eric and uh, some of our contacts. We're going to go out and uh, get um, probably uh, several of the top ten ad agencies in the entire um, world uh, at that conference, so they can get an idea of what's going on, how valuable online uh, domain uh, navigation uh, traffic is worth to them, and uh, why they should be attending and participating, and even uh, giving their input on panels and uh, educating us on what they're looking for for the future. Well, I'm glad to hear that because, I, you know, after, as uh, Traffic West was concluding, um, I was at a board meeting where they were discussing upcoming shows, and there was uh, some sentiment that perhaps, the, even though it was already set, that the Miami show or the Hollywood, that the diplomat maybe should be moved back, and New York moved into that slot to reach Madison Avenue. And I was thinking, why would you need to do that? Uh, would, would these people rather go a couple blocks down, or would they like to have an excuse to come down to South Florida in uh, near the end of October? I didn't really see where that would be a big problem. Yeah, we, that's what we decided in. to do is to bring them down, you know, have them right. extend invitations and have them come down, and uh, and we know that they will come. And um, because it's in it, it's now a platform in which a lot of their advertisers are making money and getting customers to convert. So why not have them be there face to face? Right, absolutely. I think they will love it. It's going to be the right atmosphere to you know to present the domain story to them and in the right kind of atmosphere. So to me, that makes perfect sense. Okay, great. Well, Ron, it's been a real pleasure having you on. Another uh, another great uh, show with you, and uh, great to have you on as the only guest because we got we had a lot of good things to talk about with what's going on in our industry, what's going on with online traditional uh, traditional media moving on to online media, the new extensions, the new sales and uh, everything else that's going on, and uh, it's always great to have you. Well, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on again. It's always fun, and uh, uh, looking forward to seeing you in person again uh, as soon as possible. Yep, we'll see you in uh, see you in Miami. Uh, by, by the way, the Affiliate Summit is coming up. Uh, we're going to be attending that show. That is, uh, I believe, the first week in July. I'll post that on the forum. Uh, those of you that are in the affiliate business at all or have any affiliate websites, you should be at the Affiliate Summit. We'll be there. We'll be, we're the only registrar that will be there. And uh, there's a lot of people that are learning how to make a lot of money with their affiliate businesses at the Affiliate Summit. So uh, everybody should be at that show and be in attendance. That's for sure. Ron, thanks again for being on this week. And uh, have a great evening. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, folks, that wraps up uh, another good week of Domain Masters. Uh, Remember, archives are at moniker.com and webmasterradio.fm. Also, please make sure you catch the other shows on the Webmaster uh, Webmaster, uh, webmasterradio.fm network. Uh, There's some great shows. There's actually a couple of new shows that have come on board. Please go and listen to them. They are great. You'll learn a lot of stuff uh, for your business. Uh, please send suggestions to me, Monty at Moniker.com. Anything you want to listen to on the on our next and future shows, I'm always looking for good content and good guests to have on, both domainers and people in our industry, uh, people we can learn from, and that's what's important about uh, having these shows, is so that every one of you get to learn about what makes us all successful at this business, and everybody does it well. With that, be the master of your domain, and I am the master of my domain, and I'll see you next week. Take care. If you think WebmasterRadio.fm is smoking now, we ain't seen nothing yet, man. Woo! All right. <laughs> September 15, 16, and 17, it's a search bash Jamaica. Come to Jamaica for one of the biggest bashman party. Come rub elbows with the web's greatest marketing mind. <laughs> Dude, that's great. You and a friend lying on the beach, sipping rum punch, and get a full body all around. Mm. It is Ironman. <laughs> Find all the info at searchbash.com.
air transportation, hotel, photos, and registration. Come hang out with the coolest people online at digital marketing. Yeah, we be jamming, man. Jamming with your webmaster radio show host. This is Craig. I need a beer in Island. Hook up with some old friends. <laughs> it's a life experience you'll never forget. Excellent. Search Bash Jamaica. In case you haven't been listening, I'll repeat myself. It's a happening thing in a Negril Jamaica. To register and get all pertinent information, go to searchbash.com. Seize and seconds, get out and come down to Jamaica Search Bash 2006. Hosted by a webmasterradio.fm. Like now, I'm ready to go.